0: This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm really excited that you guys are tuning in for this one because... Okay, here's how it started. A few months ago, I got an email and it said, hey, Elizabeth, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and your story. I use the exact same methodology with my own coaching clients. You're awesome. Where are you based? I'd love to connect. And I looked at it and didn't really think much of it. I emailed her back because I respond to every email. and That's a huge priority for me and ended up connecting with someone who is such a badass and just such a fun person that i am thrilled and i think i've thanked her multiple times since then for reaching out because i am really really shy and even though i kind of do this it's just me and my mic like in real life with people i don't really reach out to people much so since then i've been like thank you for doing that because i totally wouldn't have um so (laughs) i am so glad i have her here with me today and honestly i can't wait to let her share with you so much about her. But let me kind of just dive into a little bit about our guest today, Alison Hagendorf. I mean, like I said, I'm gushing. Like, I know I sound like I have a girl crush right now. I'm (laughs) totally okay with that. I really, really am. But what I found when we connected is we really do have so much in common. But to say that we are exactly alike just gives me too much credit because she is such the... Uh, what I think of as a stellar embodiment of the balance between living life to the fullest and caring for your body and loving the process. She's taking over the world, right? She really, (laughs) really is. And of course, I love her because she loves food and she loves to eat, but she does that while taking impeccable care of her body and teaching other people to do the same thing. She's done big things and she's moving on to even bigger things. She's worked for Sony. She had a show on Sirius XM. She was the voice of house for the MTV Video Music Awards a few weeks ago. She owns a CrossFit gym. She has an incredible brand and community that we're going to talk more about called Fit to Feast. And she really describes herself brilliantly on her website. She says, most women spend their money on stilettos. I spend mine on steak, protein before pumps. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) But even more than that, I think as we chat together and just have a conversation and talk about some different issues, I think you guys will see that we have very, very similar um, philosophies on things And on in her website. She says it really beautiful. We all have bad habits, but not all habits are bad. And she works with people to help them implement positive habits, right? And I am all about that. Not going on a diet, not going on this whole willpower kick and being miserable and just eating chicken and broccoli. I could go on forever she's a health coach she's a behavior change specialist she does big big things and if you aren't following allison and the amazing things she has going on you are missing out on inspiration motivation great food and just a great example of health and fitness so i can't say any more about that (laughs) allison thank you so much for being here i'm thrilled that you're here
1: I wish you guys could actually see me right now. I am, First of all, I'm hysterically laughing just because I'm like, oh my God, I'm equally excited to be here. And two, I'm beaming ear to ear because the, the girl crush is 100% mutual. Um, <laughs> I think you are the epitome of a badass and I am beyond flattered of that introduction. And I'm so glad it's being recorded because I've ever filled down. I just want to play that for so myself. <laughs> right.
0: You can have this as part of like your media package. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. That's introduction
0: I forgot. In so thank you. thank you. My pleasure. Oh man. So tell us a little bit about like what you have going on right now, a little bit about fit to feast and what you spend most of your time doing.
1: So fitness and food have just been been my life since since I was a zygote, as we discussed. And um I just, I was always one of those people where I'm fortunate because I was definitely born with like that gym gene, which I understand is a gift to be born with. I just innately and primally feel like I love being active and I love fitness and exploring new things and challenging my body and my mind. So I do recognize that I'm fortunate that I was sort of born that way, Um, but I was also born... (laughs) With the absolute obsession with food gene. So, um, <laughs> which was only nurtured further in my wonderful, blessed, loving household who shows their affection through food. Um, and holidays and religion are just synonymous with food. And, right. um, you know, something that I always, I, I mean, I say struggled with, but because I was never really overweight, I guess no one really took seriously. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I struggled with things throughout my life. and just as an adult now, and now I am a certified health coach and behavior change specialist, I feel like I finally have food freedom and I'm healthy, and I'm so happy with where I am. And now my mission is to for other people to feel that same food freedom, to feel empowered. And that's what fit to feast is all about. It is all about finding the balance that works for you, because it's ever it's different for every single individual. To be fit and eat up life, because I do not believe in deprivation. I believe in celebration um, and satiation, and um, and healthful and mindful indulgence.
0: I love that, and (laughs) I'm just curious because you know, some for me, if somebody had said food freedom to me five years ago, I wouldn't know if that meant like never desire cookies again and so I'm sort of relating to what you're saying right now but tell me what food freedom means because I think there are a lot of people who are like I don't even know what that is
1: sure sure the truth of the matter is we are not all created equal meaning food is means different things to everybody food means everything to everybody so um, for some people it's actual like sustenance to survive and you eat when you're hungry and it's nothing It's, it's not a thing And for other people, it's the thing they think about all throughout the day. And it's all they think about. It's the difference
0: between the people who, like we were talking about the other night on our mastermind call, people who like skip a meal, like, oh, I forgot to eat. There are those people out there, people who who forget to eat. We're not those people.
1: (laughs) I actually can't relate to what that means. And I'm confused and I stand baffled (laughs) when someone says that to me. Um. Uh, so also, you know, our biochemistry is different. So for some people, if they had a cookie, it can have no consequence. And for other people, it's like, oh my God, watch out, calm before the storm. I am now going to eat every cookie ever known to man, you know? So I, I think food freedom is just feeling in control um, and, and finding that balance that works for you so you can still indulge without having it be an all or nothing mindset. You know, it's getting rid of that all or nothing mindset and it's living healthfully and indulging here and there in full control and consciously.
0: Yeah. You know, just like there are people that I look at and go, what do you mean you forgot to eat? Like I think about it every minute. So how do you forget to like have a meal? But I think that there's the same sort of bewilderment when people can look and see that some people can have one cookie and stop then. And for some people that's no big thing, but for other people that seems like, isn't it that way for everybody? Like once you get into that, you're in it and you might as well go all the way. And even not having an understanding that it is possible to find control, to find that balance. so. How have you found in working with clients that you help people transition away from all or nothing? Because we're programmed for all or nothing. A cabbage soup diet and Weight Watchers, it's always either on or off. And I think that even if people can grasp, yes, this all or nothing thing doesn't really work for me, but then what? How do I move away from that?
1: Right. I think it comes down to, and everything we do comes down to this one thing. It is our relationship with ourselves, how you view yourself, what you think you deserve and don't deserve. Um, do you like who you are? Um, do you like your relationships with those around you? It always comes down to how you feel about you. Um, I am a, the, the queen of self-talk. I literally talk aloud <laughs> to myself all the time, and I really encourage it. But it really just starts with, like, asking yourself, if you had a magic wand, like, what would you want? Like, what would make you happy? Like, what would bring you happiness? Uh, And sort of starting there, it's finding that intrinsic motivation. So, you know, something like a high school reunion or a wedding, those are all extrinsic motivations. And those will be good, but they'll have a finite amount of motivation. Once that date comes, it's over. They're really tapping in and finding the why and making sure that why is big enough. Because vanity and aesthetic – which is a good thing, like it's not enough, and that's a good thing. You know, like usually like, oh, I wish I could look like this. It's usually not enough, It usually takes something deeper. It's I'm sick of being feeling sick all the time, or mm-hmm. I just don't have the energy, or you know what, I'm just like done with feeling like a food zombie. You know, it's, right. it's finding what that why is, making sure it's big enough and starting there.
0: Mm-hmm. And then practically speaking, like, okay, I understand. I want to have more energy. I want to be a person that has control. That's very important to me. I value my own health. I don't take it for granted. But then somebody brings in a box of donuts. Yeah. You know, like how, how do you then put that into practice when you're faced with what for many people is a very major challenge?
1: It's such a challenge and like for me, like I am a goner whenever there's a spread. Like for some <laughs> reason, the like free aspect, like is it's it's an added dimension. It's not right. even just the you fact- You need to take advantage of it. I have to take advantage and get like the value of the right. free pizza in the conference room. Like because it's free and it's just there, it's physically calling my name and it's not. But it's like, for me, it's really calling my name. So like, I know that feeling and I, <laughs> I'm i just laughing because I've been in this situation countless times. Like and I literally- And how do you have...
0: work yourself through that? Like what is your okay. own process in your head?
1: Okay, because this is a real thing for me. If I'm going over anyone's house for a barbecue, I'm like Allison. I literally like give myself a time out before I go. I swear to God I do this. Mm-hmm. I literally look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, you're going to have a blast today. How fortunate and grateful are you that you get to be with all of your friends today? The food is not even the thing. So I sort of start with gratitude and I'm mm-hmm. like, How grateful are you that you get to be in this position where you're actually here to hang with your friends? Yes, there will be food there, but it is not the epicenter of the uh, social engagement today. You know, so I kind of like put things in perspective. Two, I always go to like someone's house with like a healthy dish that I can Mm -hmm. eat there. (laughs) I always come prepared with a healthy dish that I know I can eat. Um, and then, um, when I'm there, I just, I, I make it, I look at the spread and I assess it and I literally make a choice. I make a mindful choice. Like, okay, I'm going to make one plate and one plate only of these things. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to enjoy my friend's company and I'm going to enjoy this plate. And it's going to be a mindful choice. And when the plate is done, it's done. It's like, that was it. It was wonderful. I enjoyed it. I had that time and now it's good. It's done. It's just like, it's that we really psych ourselves into being in this like stressful, overwhelmed, oh, I had one bite of a cookie. Now I have right. to eat all the cookies on the table. It's just it's just not like that. It's just, it's made up. It's just not like that.
0: It is, and I, and I love what you said about reminding yourself first. I mean, gratitude is one thing, but reminding yourself you're going there For your friends if it was about the food you could take the food and bring it to your house and be there with it by yourself right but i think so many times we look at any social situation and we fixate on the food part like oh there's gonna be this and there's gonna be that and how am i gonna handle that what will i eat you're not there for the food and i think just reminding yourself of that it's it's a big deal if you make it a big deal And it goes back to, for me personally in these situations, what you focus on, you feel. So if you focus on the food part of it, and what am I going to eat, and what am I not going to eat, and how much, and how much is too much, and how will I stop myself if I end up having a nibble of something, and then I want more. If I make that big, it is going to grow in my mind, and then I'm in it. And while that's happening, I'm missing out on what other people are enjoying, what I want to be enjoying. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing that I ask myself all the time is, how am I going to feel about this choice an hour from now? Or how am I going to feel about this choice when I lay in bed at night? Because for me, I really don't like the feeling at the end of the day of like, ugh. I overdid it and I feel stuffed and I'm kind of replaying, gosh, man, that wasn't even worth it. It wasn't even that good, but I just checked out mentally and then I ate for 20 minutes straight or two hours straight or whatever it is. And I feel like, meh, you know, instead I really love, I love bedtime. I love because I love to sleep and I love coffee. So if I go to bed, I wake up and there's coffee. It's all about coffee. But I love that feeling being in bed at night and feeling like, hey, you had a really good day and you feel good in your skin right now. And that yeah. doesn't always happen. So for me, stepping back and going, how am I going to feel about this in a few hours or at the end of the day? is just a good anchor of getting out of the moment of like cookie, cookie now, cookie in mouth, second cookie, cookie in mouth, swallow cookie, eat more cookies. Like it's just becomes a
1: vicious cycle. I'm sitting here and I'm nodding because I, I literally, that's exactly what I do. And I, I actually, like I said with the self-talk, I say to myself, Allison, you are in control. Just remember, mm-hmm. you are in control. You are choosing what you lift up in your hand and put into your mm-hmm. mouth. You're not yeah. a zombie. You know, I, and I know that feeling. I keep saying the zombie reference because I have felt like that many times. Um, but you are in control is one. Two, make it count. So if it's like mm-hmm. a generic cookie that came from a box, or like it's just like a, a generic roll, or, then it's not worth it. If it's someone is like known of your friends as like the the queen baker, and she brought her famous whatever, then enjoy one of those things. You know, right. it's but just make it count. And right, three the
0: grocery I, store cake that like has a bunch of kids' fingerprints all over it. Never, eh, never. Probably not <laughs> worth it.
1: I never, ever, ever touch, pre- I, that's actually it's one of my rules, I never touch prepackaged stuff like that. It's just not, mm. it's, it's so not appealing to me. I want something freshly baked. And three, I really do use visualization. Mm. I look past the moment, even if it's five minutes from now. I think five minutes from now, like back to the future style in the DeLorean, if I could yeah. fast forward five minutes from now, I'm still here. I'm still yeah. going to be here at the same party with all my friends, which by the way is a gift and a blessing. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to feel after I ate the cookie? I'm going to keep just wanting another cookie, another cookie, another cookie. And that's just like, you know what? That's sacrilegious. It's like it's, a blas- it's blasphemous. It's like mm-hmm. not respecting the food. It's not respecting yourself. It's just not It's not opening up the floodgates. If you consciously want to have that one cookie that your friend is famous for baking, then have the one cookie and sit down with it and be mindful and enjoy it and literally Savor the chocolate chips. Like, just, like, be in it, you know?
0: Absolutely. Because so many times we just enter this vortex, this trance, and, and it's you're right. It's like a zombie-like state where afterwards you're like, I wasn't even paying attention. I was, like, putting the Doritos in my mouth as I was talking, but I wasn't even really enjoying them. And that's definitely not worth it. If you're not even there for it, present for it, enjoying every bite, meh, not worth it. And I do the same thing with, is it worth it? And I tend to rank it on a scale of one to 10. If 10 is the best thing I ever put in my mouth, how does this rank? And if it is not up there, like eight plus, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And for me too, I think I used to have this, this nervous energy of like, it's here and I really, really want it. And like, it's so hard to say no. And I was bringing way too much negative energy to that. And I was giving that situation way more attention than it deserved. And so one of the things that I really worked with myself to do is like, just freaking relax. It's you're fine. You know what I mean? Like what happens if you say no, Elizabeth, no cookie, like what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Are you going to starve? No. Are you going to cry in the corner? No. It's totally going to be okay. But I used to bring, and I don't say that to be judgmental. That's how I had to get myself to realize, dude, it's just food. You know? Yeah. Like, you don't need to be like, oh my God, there's the dessert table. How am I going to avoid the dessert table? Don't look at the dessert table. I mean, come on. Like, if you don't eat it, you're totally going to be okay. And I think many people use it as kind of just a, a way to navigate social situations. And you'll be fine without it. Like it's not, I think so many times we haven't practiced telling ourselves no. So we're a little afraid to do it. Cause you know, well what, I mean, that's gonna be really hard and what's gonna happen? Like absolutely nothing's gonna happen. You're gonna be totally okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we, you know, ironically we, we make ourselves powerless and we empower the food. Yes, You know, it just, it's, so, it's just not a thing until you make it a thing. That's the that's bottom line. That's exactly
0: off. right. And I used to make it a thing. It was a thing. It was a big thing. Before going anywhere, it was, what are they going to have? What am I going to eat? Am I going to overdo it? What am I going to do the next day? How can I be super strict the next day to make up for the fact that I was a glutton the night before? It's food. Just, I think yeah. relaxing is the big first step for a lot of people.
1: Oh, and you just brought up something else that's another one of my rules. No such thing as Guilt. Like, mm. I, you go for the dessert. Good for you. Great. You made a choice. You're going to enjoy the dessert. That does not mean that you have to work out twice as hard the next day or mm-hmm. that you have to eat steamed asparagus the next day. It's irrelevant. They have nothing mm-hmm. to do with one another. It's Thank like, you. It's like, it's not a deal. You had a cookie. It's okay. Get over it. It's like not a big deal.
0: Right. And it's not a reflection on you. You're not bad because you ate a cookie and you're not good because you didn't eat the cookie. It's just, you either ate the cookie or you didn't eat the cookie. That's all. And-
1: and it wasn't a cheat meal. I don't like that word. No, oh I don't God, use I terminology like that. You didn't cheat. You didn't lie. You weren't scandalous. Yeah. And there's no,
0: say- yeah, there's no confession needed. There's no like of contrition. There's no whatever, no penance to be paid the following day. That's my Catholic school background talking, <laughs> but so let me ask you this then. I mean, I know I've overdone it. I, I've I've overdone it many many times over the years. Heck, I've overdone it probably in the last month. Mm-hmm. So for you, how do you get back to that place of balance when you've had a moment of lack of balance?
1: For sure, and I a specific uh, occurrence comes to mind um i told you guys that spreads are hard for me i love to entertain so i'm the one who's creating the spread (laughs) um and once there's alcohol in the mix forget about it you know so there was this one like infamous time and this is a true story plus i live in new york well i i'm I'm by coastal but i grew up in new york so winter in new york you know east coaster as you know it's a real thing like things happen Mm -hmm. I, i was i held a party in december and I used to be, I was basically addicted to cheese. <laughs> I was obsessed with cheese and I, I love blue cheese. So I had one of those wedges, like a big, 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 big wedge of blue cheese at the party with like these awesome like whole grain delicious like c- crackers that were basically like biscuits. And unfortunately, no one else liked the blue cheese. So, like the or even the other cheeses. So, like I was cleaning up, and there was literally an entire thing of blue cheese left. I ate the entire thing, guys. Literally the entire thing with like two sleeves of crackers. Like polished it <laughs> off as if it were nothing. Like I, it was like oh my god. It was Tasmanian devil. I ate the entire thing of cheese. I I'm not kidding. Two sleeves of crackers. I made like sandwiches. I made triple decker, quadruple decker. I like really got like really innovative with it. Really creative. <laughs> um so Blue like ice towers. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was making like igloos and like log cabins like architecture <laughs> um like really went for it really committed <laughs> really committed so like I've been there I just wanted to tell that story because I want everyone to know that I've been there um <clears throat> for me usually when that happens I think that, why did that happen and there's usually a cause for it um mm-hmm. and um there was usually a cause for it. So I try to figure out what the hell was that trigger. And usually it's a, it's a cumulative effect. It's like it builds up to it slowly. And then that was like, wow, I hit rock bottom. Right. Um, so it's almost like a self-sabotaging or a self-help tactic to like hit rock bottom. So you can sort mm-hmm. of start over. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, I overdo it now, but it's never to that degree. And I think the key is to not deprive yourself. I think that I I constantly, I don't call it a cheat thing. I don't make it a schedule. I just, I I treat a treat like a treat on a regular basis. And when I indulge, I mindfully indulge and I make sure I do the thing that you do, one to 10. I just make sure it counts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when you are actually allowing yourself to indulge on a regular basis, you don't really have those times. I found that maybe I was going too strict or I was depressed or there was other reasons around it. But uh, I find that if you eat, healthfully the majority of the time allow yourself to have a treat kind of on the regular then those sort of binge episodes are few and far between.
0: I would agree with you there but I think that people are probably wondering what's a regular basis because honestly when I work with my clients there are a lot of people that have a hard time tapering down to one indulgence a day and treating a treat like a treat to me means it's not a treat when it's a daily thing and your body doesn't need that every day. So what does that mean to you? Treat a treat like a treat. And I know this is very individual and I'm all about do what works for you, but I do think that there are so many people in this processed food culture, or even when people switch to whole foods, then it's like whole foods brownies, whole foods cookies, whole foods cupcakes, whole food. Like, okay, a cupcake is still a cupcake, whether it's paleo, whether it's whatever. I mean, so what does that mean to you?
1: Absolutely, and you bring up a good point with the whole paleo gluten-free thing. It's still a cupcake, it's still a pizza, and I treat it as such. Um, Just because it comes from a nut, just because it comes from a nut base or a rice instead of wheat, uh, does not mean that it's like a free-for-all. I have found, for me personally, it works for me, I would say, like once a week. Mm -hmm. Like once a week, and it's not like a whole binge episode. It's like I get like a I get like a chocolate bar and I'll split it with like my boyfriend or I just like, I don't, I don't know. I can't like tell you exactly what it is. It's just, I feel like I want that and I'm having it. And, but right. my whole rule is have exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. Do not have a reduced fat, sugar-free paleo dessert. If you like that thing, then absolutely hundred percent go for it, but don't right. trick yourself into thinking, Oh, it's not as bad because there's no good and bad. There's no absolutely. good and bad. When you are having a treat, when you are having a dessert, you are just having it, and you should have exactly what you want, exactly. And like enjoy the, the heck things.
0: out of it. Don't be yeah. on Facebook. Don't be watching TV. Don't like enjoy it. Savor every freaking bite.
1: Oh my god, I I'm like the queen of savoring. Like I love alcohol, but I I tried to to limit it just because I don't I don't feel well when I drink. Um, but I love wine. So like when I am deciding that I'm having wine, I swish that thing around my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like going into my cheeks, like I'm just feeling it, you know, like I yeah. really enjoy it. I'm like swishing. I just like I my like I'm it's like sensory overload. I make sure I'm really it. It's an experience. It. Exactly. It's an experience
0: in so many of us because I think just overeating and the overexposure to food and food is always around and always snacking most of the time when we eat, it's completely mindless. And so while your body is physically satisfied in that you've given your body fuel and you're not hungry, psychologically, you have no satisfaction. So no freaking wonder you're prowling through the kitchen 10 minutes later, though you don't feel hungry, you want something else because you didn't give yourself that psychological satisfaction. And that is why when I talk about my food food rules, number one is eat food I love, period. No exceptions. If it doesn't look good or I don't want it, I don't eat it, period. That's it. It's just that simple because so many people do not savor their food. You're going to put down, you know, when people work with tracking documents, like, oh, you, you ate half of a pint of ice cream or whatever, and you were watching TV, and you didn't even experience it. You didn't even notice it. If you are going to indulge, and I think you absolutely should, enjoy it. Be there. Don't miss out on it. It's the worst feeling to be like, oh, it's gone? I kind of missed it. (laughs)
1: Like, where was I? (laughs) Yeah, you have to be present. And better yet, enjoy it with someone else. I mean, like for me, I always, whenever I do a treat, it's part of an experience with someone I like really care about. You know, like I want to be with someone who's enjoying it with me. Um, It's more of an experience. I also, um, one of my rules is I don't really keep indulgences in the house. Because it's tricky. It's tricky it gets tricky. I'm the first to say I kind of treat my apartment like a temple and I fill it with delicious fueling whole foods, wonderful food. And then if I really want a treat, I use it as an opportunity because I love to try new places, a new ice cream parlor that opened or a new coffee shop or a new suite. And then I make it like an adventure, you know, like, oh my God. Experience. And let me tell you another thing because I know that you share this. My number one favorite thing on the planet is ice cream. And I know it's yours oh, also. Yes. Mm-hmm. So one thing I will never keep in my house is a tub of ice cream. But that no. don't, <laughs> one, one, that's just a bad idea for anyone. I don't get it. But two, it's never as good. Like when I don't care. I recently bought, like I was craving like a candy shop sundae. Like I wanted like a Reese's peanut butter cup chocolate thing. I bought it and actually I did you know what I swear to God I didn't eat it because I it just didn't it wasn't what I wanted it wasn't like how I had been fantasizing about it in my head oh
0: my god you know what is so crazy about this I am obviously an ice cream person too I talk about that all the time that it's just it's my thing like I, I if I'm gonna indulge I want it to be ice cream more often than not well a few weeks ago I was in Key West and I had to walk down the street to get something, and I was not in a good mood, and I was overtired. And there was a Haagen-Dazs ice cream shop. Not even like a special local ice cream shop or anything like that. Freaking Haagen-Dazs. I don't even really like Haagen-Dazs. But anyway, um, I walk into the Haagen-Dazs, and I get an ice cream, and I walk out. I'm not hungry. I haven't even been thinking about ice cream, but I was emotional. Walking past Haagen-Dazs, walk in, by the ice cream, walk out, take a bite, think about it. This isn't even... It's not even that tasty and just threw it away. Didn't care that I just spent $6. Yes, it was a large. I I, I just realized like this isn't it. Like I, when if I'm going to indulge, it has to be, oh my God, I want to talk about this. Like this is so good I want to tell somebody. And it just wasn't. And so it wasn't like I was committed. Oh, it's here. It's in my hand. I put it in my mouth. It wasn't a 10. It wasn't even close to a 10. It was probably like a three. And I thought- uh, yeah. Nope. Afterwards, I'm gonna be like, "Why? That wasn't even worth it." So don't go down that road. And I literally just at the next trash can, threw the whole thing
1: away. Whatever. And that's what I did with the Reese's like peanut butter cup. It just, I I feel like part of the food freedom I was talking about is being in control like that. Like I felt, I feel like now I deserve to have exactly what I want. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. I, I want ice cream. I am going to this awesome like ice cream parlor. I'm literally using the word parlor, like an old fashioned like. I go, I want a scoop of um, chocolate chip cookie dough. I want a scoop of cookies and cream and a scoop of strawberry. And I literally yeah. sit there. And I enjoy it. My eyes are rolling back in my head. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. I want, like, this. what a wonderful, I'm going to think about this if I can't sleep some nights just as, like, to to the soothing me, lullaby. Like, I just, like, make it count. Like, and I feel like once you can get to that point where you're like, you know what? I want ice cream, and I'm going to have the best ice cream there is. And then and then the ice cream's going to be done, and I'm going to go back to my life. And you know, it's just like I think when you give yourself exactly what you want, like and you really respect like your body and you're like, you know what, I'm i I'm gonna have some ice cream, and it's not a thing, and then like and when it's not good, I just don't eat it. That's why I don't really eat. I'm not even like a I don't even get drawn to like Dunkin' Donuts donuts, donuts anymore. Yeah, I yeah, really don't yeah. I
0: used it. to. I used to, but when I started rating food on a scale of one to ten, I told myself I love food like you. I love food. I want it to be amazing. And I was eating a lot of crap. I was eating Hostess cupcakes. I was eating red velvet cake from Walmart. I'm not kidding. It happened a lot. But <laughs> I was eating like crap food. And here's what I told myself. If you only indulge, if it is an 8, 9, or a 10 on that scale, like something you're going to want to talk about, something you're going to think about, something you're going to think, I got to go back there for that, right? Yeah. Those things come across so infrequently that – I really believed, and it has proven to be true for me, you will never have a weight problem again, Elizabeth, if you indulge only when it is totally worth it. Because those things just come up so infrequently. But I was a little afraid at first as a 350-pounder. I was afraid of giving up my enjoyment of food. I understand that people feel that way. Here's what happens when you choose food you love, and like you said, you eat exactly what you want. You enjoy food so much more because you're eating better food and you don't have the negativity associated with it that you do when you just ate through a bag of Doritos while watching some stupid movie you've seen four times and you don't even really like Doritos.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, it's just not, I mean, it's just not worth it. It's like you almost get to a point where you're like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even touch that. You know, it's right. just not, it's just beyond, it's not worth, worth it. it you feel like almost like it's degrading. Like you talk about feeling guilt after like, Mm -hmm. you're like, wow, you know what? I gotta say it. It's like having like a a cheap one night stand.
0: Oh my God. I use that analogy with my clients all the time. And it's so funny. Okay. We're breaking it open right now. Whenever I use it with my clients, I'm like, I would never say this on the podcast because it might offend some people. If it offends you, I love you. You're wonderful. You're welcome back after this episode. Just skip this part.
1: I know, I'm Here's sorry I the went deal. there. That's how yeah, I Yeah, no, no. Like, I'm
0: glad yeah. you did because I use this with my one-on-one clients because I know them a little bit better, but you it's you're so true. It's the perfect analogy. You wouldn't just go have any cheap sex. You're yeah. going to be selective, right? Like and with food, most of us are cheap and nasty and probably, you know, probably should see the clinic. Yeah. It's just true. Like we don't have standards with food, but we sh- we should have the highest
1: standards with food.
0: It's so good, it's so worth it, right? I mean,
1: of course. Exactly, and and it, again, it comes down to how you view yourself and how you feel about yourself and how you what you feel like you deserve. Like you wouldn't just like go up to anyone
0: and allow okay. and
1: allow them to be intimate with you. You know what I mean? Like you just right. would not do it. And if it did happen, it was a drunken night. You don't feel great about it. You really don't feel great about it the next day. You but feel you don't do it every and, like, day,
0: four times a
1: day. Right. So you know like, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so when you get to the point, you're like, you know what? I deserve to be intimate with wonderful people yeah,
0: and wonderful right. food. I have standards, damn it. Yeah, I exactly. have standards. Yeah, and I honestly will text some of my clients and be like, don't be cheap, don't be dirty. You know,
1: like yeah. be,
0: keep it classy, keep it classy. And with food, we have to have those so we Allison, we are, we are like – so mentally tracking. It's just creepy because I I use the cheap sex analogy all the time with my clients because we need to have food standards and stale cheese crackers from your kids that are sticky and just open on the counter. That does not meet your standards. Yeah, It just should never meet your standards.
1: And I think it's like a really good set of like guidelines because I always feel like when you eat food, like, and even if it's, like, high-quality, delicious, like, pizza or, like, um, like my favorite thing on the planet is an Italian hero. Like, if, when you eat that kind of stuff, which is, I've just named two delicious things, it's kind of like, when, when do you stop, though? Because you would never mm-hmm. stop when you were full, necessarily. It's, like, mm-hmm. so delicious. You won't stop until there's none left. Like, I literally right. have eaten a whole pizza by myself. I swear to God, I have. Oh, like, please, yeah, you don't just, have to
0: convince me. I've done it on multiple occasions, so. yeah.
1: So, it's like you need some sort of boundary sometimes, you know. Yeah. So, I feel like that's a really good like boundary if you're like, I can, I will treat myself to a treat, but it better be worth it, it better be high quality, it better be worthy of yeah. my digestion, like it better right. be worthy of my body. It is coming know? into me, it yeah. has standards, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And honestly, food. A part another part of food freedom is respecting it for the sensual beast that it is. Right. When you are enjoying food, it is the most sensual, intimate. When you're sharing a good dinner with someone and you're you're having a glass of wine with someone, I don't think anything that is intimate as it gets. You know, right. besides you know, There's having that. An, an right. intercourse, but like <laughs> it's it's intimate. You know, it's wonderful. It's a celebration. So just like make rise to the occasion that you deserve. You know, yeah. you deserve the best. You deserve the highest quality. And that kind of thing doesn't happen in two hour intervals. You know, no. it's more of a treat and it goes back to being grateful and, and being grateful for all that you have and, and what you deserve.
0: I totally agree and completely. I completely am on the same page with you on that. I want to shift gears a little bit, something you and I have talked a little bit about, and I know there's a lot of confusion. This is something that you've written about lately, and it's something that I talk about in the podcast. And I love when I have somebody on the show that really believes in this strategy for health and for fat loss and for energy. I want to talk about it because I think there's so much freaking misinformation out there that we need as many people as possible putting facts into the world to help overcome the frightening amount of misinformation information and that is carbs in the morning and we have heard for so long eat your carbs in the morning and then you have all day to burn them off and i just wanted to kind of get your two cents on that
1: absolutely i am a firm believer that your first meal of the day should not have carbs um i was the quintessential oatmeal uh every single day in the morning and then i switched to sweet potatoes every day in the morning and I just know personally, and I tested it because I had I had read so much about it, um, and I personally tested it um, where I switched my daily breakfast, which contained sweet potato, religiously. And I also would eat sweet potatoes. Like, I love sweet potatoes. so yeah, I, was eating, I was eating a lot of sweet potato, and then you have that whole thing, oh, like I need this pre-workout, post-workout, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, so what I did was I simply eliminated it, and I can't even tell you Besides the fact that I leaned out like instantly, for me it was a craving deal breaker. Like I, like before when I said we're not all created equal because food affects us all differently. I right. am the kind of person when I have sugar and starch, even if it's even if it's a high quality, like a gorgeous sweet potato, it does something to me. It puts the sugar in my bloodstream and I start to have cravings. I really me do. Too. I, I start to crave, like. People are like, oh, you'll never binge on, don't say that to me, I can binge on anything. I could eat yeah. an entire thing of sweet potatoes, like I love, and I love fruit, like you have no idea, it's like my number one trigger is fruit, mm-hmm. but, um, so I just, for me personally, I eliminated it, put it back uh, later in my, later in the day, or post-workout later in the day, and I can't even tell you the results that I found personally. One, I leaned out exponentially, and two, my cravings completely curbed, completely yeah. curbed. It was unbelievable, it was like magic, it was like a magic trick.
0: Yeah, I find the same thing for myself. It's Pandora's box for me. And uh, since we're using crude analogies on the show and I'm totally all about it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna open up the ones I use with my other clients. you know, if you're drinking a lot and you haven't gone to the bathroom yet, you're totally cool. But once you do, then you're going all night long that for me is carbs in the morning. If I have carbs in the morning, I've broken the seal and I'm just going to be wanting carbs all day long. And so I have more energy. I have fewer cravings and I'm less hungry when I have fat and protein for breakfast, veggies sometimes, but always fat and protein.
1: Yeah. I, call it, get, I call it like feeling cracky. Like I just kind <laughs> of like start to feel like a little like jittery and like thinking <laughs> like obsessing and like oh my god like I just feel like I start to feel a little out of control when I start to have like a ton of carbs and when I eliminate it in the break in the morning yeah. it really set the tone for control for the rest of the day
0: i completely agree with you i'm so with you on that and i know there are a lot of people who feel very confused and when when people ask me and i'm curious how you respond to this too well why does everybody say eat your carbs in the morning so you have all day to burn it off? and this is my answer and i'm very curious about yours it represents a fundamental misunderstanding about human metabolism your your body is not an accounting system of first in first out it doesn't work that way and To imply that, oh, if you have your carbs at night, then you won't burn them off, it implies that your body just shuts off as soon as you get into bed, and that doesn't happen. Your metabolism is 24-7, and fat loss and metabolism are more about hormones than anything else, certainly not an accounting system, and just the hormonal rhythm of your body indicates that the best time for carbohydrates is post-workout or in the evening time. And I think that it takes a really long time for the mainstream to catch up with the newest information, true or untrue. You know, um, and I always say too, let your body be your guide. Your body is gonna let you know. Like for you, you leaned out and you felt better. For me, it I my fat burning stops when I do carbs in the morning. It just does. I shut off my fat burning machinery because of that insulin reaction in the morning. So how do you respond when people are like, "Well, why does everybody say it?"
1: I just say that's one of the many, many myths we have in the standard American diet. Uh, That's just there's just so many, and I feel like my mission is just to help debunk those myths one at a time. I mean, people are still eating just egg whites only. You know, I I mean, it's just there's so many misconceptions, and it's something I'm very, very passionate about, and just, and it's really why we have an obesity pandemic today because of these misunderstandings and misinformation. Uh, it's really traumatizing. It really upsets me. Like I just really I I feel like I feel like it's not even like our fault because we were told our whole lives right. that fat makes you fat, and right. there's so many misconceptions. Yeah. Um, and now, now that we're learning and, and, and understanding that what we were taught for decades is wrong, no one's going to stand at the top of the mountain and say, "Oh, by the way, right. we were just we were, it was incorrect what we told you. Those were no, false." They're going to stand no by it. it, right? Yeah, they're
0: going to stand so, by it because they have to. Their credibility on the line.
1: Exactly. Absolutely.
0: So I, I say, why don't you just try it? Exactly. <laughs> say, Let your, bo- your body has the answers.
1: Like Just try it. It's like not a big deal. Just give it a whirl. You're yeah. not going to die either way. If, if you don't feel a difference and continue doing what you're doing, but you may as well just give it a shot and right. see how you feel. Because a lot of times people don't even realize they don't feel well because they're so used to it. They're yeah. so used to feeling a certain way. You might not even realize that you have brain fog or, you know, you feel sluggish until you don't feel sluggish anymore. And then you realize, that's, wow. That's exactly
0: right. <laughs> you don't, don't know how bad I'm... you feel. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You don't know what your true potential is. So along the lines of myths, there are obviously a frightening amount of food myths, but there's also a ton of exercise myths. And I got an email from somebody the other day saying, you know, I've really been making some good food choices and I can't wait to get a gym membership so I can add in some cardio and no mention of, you know, lifting or anything. I mean, it's just super common to think like I got to hop on the treadmill for a while when it comes to the fitness side of things. And I really feel strongly that if people are just starting out with nutrition, keep your focus there. Don't worry about it. But if you are on the fitness track, if you are incorporating any type of intentional move as part of your healthy lifestyle what's your take on what is really the most effective type of movement for fat loss or
1: just maintaining a really lean physique number one strength train functional movements and number two stop the chronic cardio Mm, I totally
0: agree so what is functional movement
1: functional movements are movements you're gonna do that simulate real-life activities for example a squat squats the number one move of all time Yep. Um you should you a squat is what you do in normal day to day when you go to pick up a thing of groceries or you go yep. to pick up a baby um yep. I, ideally you want to be doing that with good form <laughs> and alignment so right. working on squats will help translate that skill in the gym to your daily activities um, right. When you are on an airplane and you want to put your bag overhead, that is an overhead, you know, press. press. Yeah. Um, That's something that you can work on in the gym. So when I say functional movements, I mean moves that you will be simulating uh, your your functional daily living: squats, right. um, deadlifts, lunges. Um, So no like cable
0: tricep extensions, things like that, that's not what you mean.
1: (laughs) I mean, all these moves you can be doing with just your body weight. You don't even need to be adding any weight. Ideally you want to get to a point where you're doing them with just body weight alone and you have wonderful form and you feel comfortable doing that. And then Mm -hmm. once you feel comfortable doing that and you have great alignment, then you would start adding on the weight. But that is something that every single one of us should be doing regardless of gender, ability, age, everyone should be doing it because that's how you keep healthy your entire life is to be able to move. You just want to be yeah. able to move. And chronic cardio is the absolute worst thing you can do. Uh, I have run the New York City Marathon two times. And I, I ran it well and I did it in a great competitive time. And it was the softest I have ever been in my entire life. I lost all muscle mass. I like looked kind of like puffy. I, my cravings were out the roof. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. I would train, and then I would go eat a pizza and drink beer because I was craving it so intensely that, like, I didn't have a say in the matter. Yeah. Um, and it's just that now I do no cardio in quotes. I don't do any – I just – I do – I CrossFit, but um, there's enough cardio in there. You know, like, I'll do, like, a 400 right. 400- – You get your
0: heart rate up, but you're not yeah. doing that – long duration, steady state cardio, like jogging or ellipticaling or, you know, recumbent
1: bike or anything like that? No, um, not at all. Because I found that my hunger went through the roof, my cravings went through the roof. And also it's just stresses your body, your cortisol levels go through the roof. And actually, yeah. ironically, that makes you store fat. Yes, um, And it puts your body through a lot of stuff. So when I was training for the marathon, I realized that I had insane lower back pain. I went to go see a chiropractor. I had stim done to it. You know what happened? I stopped training. The pain went away. I would do mm-hmm. spin class all the time, like intensely. And I just felt like my knee hurt. Like, I was like, shoot, like, are my knees going? How can that be? I'm still young. I stopped doing the spin classes. The knee pain went away. So mm-hmm. I just feel like it forces you into doing this very unnatural, you know, chronic. It's just too stressful for too long. It just right. doesn't make any sense.
0: I totally agree. And I'm glad you said that because I think just like the carb myth, the cardio myth is hurting a lot of people. They have great intentions and they're frustrated as hell because they're not getting results and they're eating more than they need to be eating because of the stress response generated by that activity that makes you hungry as a bear.
1: It's not good at all. Oh, and there's one really important thing I have to add on to that. What's that? I eat. I eat a lot. I really am indulging. People see my posts, are like, oh, you can eat like that because you train a lot. Okay, first of all, first things first, you can never out train a bad diet. Yeah. And there's no correlation. Like, they're independent of each other. It's never like, I ate this and now I have to work because out like I that. I worked out, yeah, yeah just, right. It doesn't, or it's like, oh, I did a hard day, now I deserve to eat this. It, it, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't right. work that way. Um, what you want to do is you want to train as little but as efficient as possible. You want right. to spend minimal time doing fitness. You just want to make it count, just like the eating. You want to make your fitness count you want it yep. to be efficient, you want to do peak performance for a minimal amount of time. You know, you just want to just be doing, if you really want to go for a run, um, honestly, sprinting is better. Sprinting, sprinting is probably absolutely. one of the best things you can do to lean out. You want to, oh my God, you want to burn fat, you sprint. Yeah. Um, and walking is great. Walking is, uh, you know, walking is wonderful. It's, it's, it's social, it brings you outside, you get your sun exposure, your, your vitamin D. hormonal Z.
0: response.
1: Totally, circulation. Um, walking is fantastic. Um, but as far as doing like those back-to-back spin classes, <laughs> it is no. intense. Give yourself a break.
0: Absolutely. So I want to wrap up with how I end all my shows with what I ate yesterday and I'll share what I ate yesterday and you can tell us what you ate yesterday. Before we do that, I know that everybody listening right now wants to know more about you and what you're doing. And so how can people connect with you and what you've got going on with Fit to Feast and everything else you're working on?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, everyone can hit me up. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But I'd love to see you um, on Instagram. It's at Allie Hagendorf, A-L-L-I-H-A-G-E-N-D-O-R-F. Um, hit me up there. And I do post a lot of like what I'm eating. So if you're interested in that, I, I, I you can see it's like mostly food pics. <laughs> um, so <Not> food. <laughs> uh, yeah, I literally post pretty much every single meal. Um, but you can always also go to fittofeast.com. Um, I have a Fit to Feast event, so I'm starting to make those travel, that's the plan, because right now they're mostly all in L.A., um, but the goal is to actually start um, making that sort of a touring scenario, um, so that'll be good, I hope that'll be coming to, to your town soon, you can come join me for the Fit to Feast events, um, but yeah, Fit to Feast.com, AllisonHagendorf.com, and then AllieHagendorf on Instagram.
0: Awesome. And I'll link up all that stuff on the show notes on primalpotential.com. So I'll start with what I ate yesterday, and then you can share with you, with us uh, what you ate yesterday, which will probably be a whole lot more interesting than mine. Uh, so let's see here. I had um, a really large cup of Bulletproof coffee, which was probably mostly coffee with about one tablespoon of butter, one tablespoon of MCT oil. Um, if you guys have questions about Bulletproof coffee, just search for it on Primal Potential. I feel like i've talked about it a bazillion times Um, Then I hit the gym for a workout. What did I have after my workout? I had a leftover salmon salad. So I had taken some canned salmon, mixed that up with a whole bunch of veggies, and then put it over a bunch of mixed greens. And then dinner, I grilled. I took a foil pouch of chicken thighs and peppers and onions and a little bit of olive oil and some spices and just threw it on the grill and uh, ate a lot of that for dinner, probably like four chicken thighs and a whole plate of
1: veggies. And it was
0: amazing. Uh, So that's what I ate yesterday. What did you have?
1: That sounds incredible. And I love chicken thighs, by the way. Mm -hmm. Do you cook cook most of your meals? Do you ever eat out or not really?
0: Um, I probably eat out, uh, I would say, three or four times a week just because of my work schedule. I don't have necessarily time to do dinner. But it's almost – it's not – often like a legit sit down meal. I love that and do that all the time when I'm traveling, but if I'm not traveling, it tends to be like a lettuce wrap or Chipotle or Whole Foods salad bar or something like that, just because it's a time crunch issue
1: for me. For sure, um, I cook as much as I can, but I another part of food freedom is feeling empowered to wherever you're out, you can order mm-hmm. a helpful option. So uh, yesterday, I'm in New York now, and I always start my day with eggs and avocado, always. That's just my standard, like, I just start my day that way. And I love cold-brewed coffee. This Mm -hmm. is my thing. This is my signature. I don't start a day without it. I brew my own. For those of you not familiar with a cold-brewed coffee that's not iced coffee, this coffee was never hot. It's literally brewed cold, and you pour it over ice. um, And then I put in a little unsweetened almond milk. Um, and I'll, I'll, maybe do like a little bit of, uh, stevia, mm-hmm. but I start my day religiously with cold brew coffee. It's a game changer. And the reason why it's better than hot coffee is because it's two thirds less acidic. So if you ha- have any digestive issues, it's better on your teeth, but, um, I drink hot coffee when it's cold, but when it's warm out, I drink cold brew. So that was too much in the coffee, but it's such an important part of my life that I feel like I had to share totally. that with you. I totally it's agree. Like,
0: we could talk about coffee all day long. Like, and next like, week, all yeah, about I, coffee.
1: I could do an entire episode <laughs> about cold brewed coffee. It's just so special. I really recommend you checking it out. Awesome. Um, So I start there with my eggs and avocado. Then I had, I'm very lucky in New York, there's this place called Hugh Kitchen, H-U, it's short for human, and it is a paleo palace. It is an absolute mecca. It's owned by my friend Jordan Brown. He's a genius. If you ever come to New York, put it like, you got to go. It's like, for all you paleo lovers, grain-free, gluten-free lovers, everything is farm to table, grass-fed, wow, what a luxury it is. I had uh, Italian turkey. Uh, no, I had Italian pork meatballs. Um, they're made without grain or anything. I had a chicken salad where the aioli was just made from eggs um, and some garlic and lemon, and then it was over a massive vat of uh, kale. They call it a primal kale salad. It has some goji berries in it. it was so godly and awesome. Yum. And then for dinner, I am a sushi freak. Um, I love raw fish and, you know, sushi sushi is all about knowing how to order because you might think you're, you're doing a good job. You're getting sushi, it's fish, and then you're getting the like tempura roll, you know, not good. Um, I either order plain sashimi or I get rolls and I ask them not to do the rice. Um, so either do a hand roll, a salmon, avocado, hand roll, no rice, they just wrap it in seaweed. Um, but this one place I went to in New York, they'll do any of their cut rolls without rice. Um, it's a little bit of extra charge because they put extra fish in it. Sure, um, that's awesome. It's, it's so awesome. And that's what I had. In fact, you can see all the photos of it on my Instagram, Allie Hagendorf. <laughs> I have, like, gorgeous photos of them.
0: And you'll um, want to eat her page. You can't,
1: but you'll <laughs> want to. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. I told you, I'm not kidding, guys. I don't spend my money on anything except for food and, like, I love to travel. So I would say yeah. food and travel. I don't care about handbags. I don't care about sh- anything, like, girly material things. I could not care less about I'm happy in gym clothes or flip-flops. And, like, I just – I want to have some good food. <laughs> yeah. So food first, food yeah. second, and food third. That's <laughs> so true. It's, I have this thing on my wall um, in L.A. I do, like, an inspiration wall where um, – I just things that sort of, like, struck me. I frame. I put them on this wall. And it says three ways to my heart, make me food, buy me food, be food. Be
0: food. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That is so awesome and a perfect way to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I hope you will do it again because I know everybody is going to love you as much as I do. And it was just so much fun. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I just want to thank you because as you know I'm a massive fan of you and your and your journey and your story and obviously I'm a huge Primal Potential fan that I actually was listening to it and I was like, I need to reach out to this girl because she doesn't realize how much of a difference she's making in my life. I literally listen to like every single one of your podcasts. It's oh, like well, talk about you. girl crush. It's like everyone in my family knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. Well, I'll be heading out to LA soon and I can't wait to hang out with you and hopefully do another episode with you. I think we'll have so much fun. So thank you again. And everybody head over to the show notes over at primalpotential.com so that you can hook up with Allison and everything amazing that she has going on. Cause she's, she's definitely somebody to watch and follow and be inspired by. So thank you again so much. It was a blast.
1: Awesome. Thank you.